The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value, and so can you. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and uh, welcome to the show today. Uh, We're going to be talking today about smarter living with Jason Criddle. Um, But firstly, I want to say a, a huge thank you to Tina Weeks who was on the show last week, I thought she was uh, was had some fantastic information to share on life planning. In fact, my wife and I went through the key questions that Tina posed over the weekend, and we've still been working on them during the week. So some really valuable content there. If you're interested in building your finances around your life, uh, then uh, do listen to that show. Honestly, you won't be disappointed. And, and take a pen and a piece of paper with you as well. I had a very um, inspiring week this week. I've spoken this week at the... Um, National Space Centre over here in the UK, which was really great uh, fun with a company called MCL. Um, So uh, enjoyed that and met some really inspiring people. I want to say hello to Jane and Mystery, who I met uh, yesterday, who's uh, one of the most inspiring people I've uh, I've met, actually. Jane uh, lost her eyesight 14 years ago, and uh, she was telling me it took her 30 minutes to get over it, and now she sort of gets on. So one day, with life and really positively. So one day I'm looking forward to interviewing her on this show if she'll if she'll come along. Um, also, uh, want to just um, say uh, in terms of a smarter life, sometimes it's great, isn't it, to have people who you know who live near you when things go wrong can help you out. So I want to say a big thanks to my friend Duncan who uh, is helping me out at the moment and is actually fixing my log burner. So uh, having those that network around you can be smart too. So today, we are going to ask the question, is there a smarter way to living? In a fast-paced world with new information that's constantly being presented to us, you know, how can we grow and evolve as entrepreneurs and business-minded people whilst still keeping up the pace? My guest, Jason Quiddle, was the CEO of Legacy Status Investments before starting the Smart App Company in 2015. His primary objective now, and I'll get him to explain this if... Uh, some of you don't understand because I must admit I'd like to know more myself, is the Smarter Foundry, which is an app-based global accelerator serving as a guide and on-the-go platform to help owners and founders evolve their companies while focusing on the metaphysical and spiritual aspects of what it takes to drive greatness within oneself. If I'm honest, as I say, I don't really fully understand what that means, so I'm really intrigued to find out. I know Jason is a, a really fascinating individual. He's also a millennial and a successful millennial, and I think it's really interesting to you know, understand um, you know, the different attitudes and ways of doing things that, um, that younger people today um, have when you, know, when, when you compare themselves to people like myself in the 40s. So we're going to meet Jason now. We're going to discuss his latest book, Smarter Living, and some of the principles that he believes as a millennial are essential for success in the present world. So a huge welcome today to Jason Quiddle. 
What's up, Chris? Thanks for having me on, man. You're very welcome. I've just been hearing you've um, you've just moved into a new apartment. You were telling me overlooking the center of Dallas. It sounds pretty amazing. Yeah, it's like I hear the good time song in my head. The moving on up, moving on up to the east. So I, I have that in my head every morning when I wake up. <laughs> so I, when I think of Dallas, I can't help but think of the the soap opera that was uh, on in the eighties. I think it was. Have you have you got the view of that sort of business district that they used to show on that show? Or do it probably? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know the the Dallas skyline. I was a little too young to remember that show. Uh, you're definitely showing your age right now. Oh, no, but, I, was quite, uh, I was quite young at the time. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um. Yeah. Also, of course, um. Yeah. Famous for the, you know, the shooting of a president as well, wasn't it? Yes, uh, you know, uh, that that little area, I can't remember what it's called, it's, uh, but it's like right down the street from me, you know, and it's, uh, it's a tourist attraction. And so, you know, that's one of the things about living here in, in the middle of downtown is is whenever my daughter and I walk to the office or, or you know, like whenever we walk to go get a bite to eat, because there's restaurants everywhere, we're going to we're going to bump into uh, people begging for money. And we are going to bump into people that are taking pictures because they've never been here before. So, so how how you know what's that like? You know, bringing up. Do you think you're, you've got a six year old daughter in the middle of middle of Dallas of a city like that? I mean, obviously a lot of influences and you know cosmopolitan nature of it. Is is it, it going to be a, a great place to bring her up? Do you think? Yeah, she she really likes it. You know, she uh, she has done a bit of traveling with me, and and one of her favorite places that she's ever gone is New York City. So, um, you know, the thing that, uh, you know, I, I think that parents have this uh, mi- this misconception that having a backyard uh, is what ca- is what creates stability in a child's life. And I think what creates stability in a child's life is having a stable, um, you know, and it doesn't even have to be stable parents. It's just a, uh, a positive force in their life that, it's actually looking out for their future and not uh, for the children's future and not their own future, which is kind of difficult to find these days. Oh, absolutely. I, I think as well, I think, you know, living in kids, children love stimulus, don't they? And in the middle of a city like that with so much going on, uh, it's going to be a really kind of thriving place uh, for her to grow up, you know, seeing lots of lots of life, really. Mm-hmm. The, the energy here is energy here is great i mean i uh we love the traffic we love the horns we love the the constant barrage of people and you know like i said it's all about it's all about energy and whenever you are working alone and you're living in a a suburb you kind of feed off of your own energy and your own thoughts and when you're living in a place like this you you really have just so much going on around you that it's hard to focus on the internal problems that you think you might have. You realize that there's just such a, a much bigger world around. Mm-hmm. So tell me, tell me a little bit about, you know, your life. Um, I, I read your book and I gained the impression from it that you, you didn't go into it in, in that book in any detail, but you had quite a, a tough upbringing, you know, t- tell us a little bit about your early life and, you know, what you, what you learned from it and how it's impacted you today. Yeah, um, you know, we we grew up uh, kind of on the poor side. You know, we lived in and out of cars uh, from the time that uh, I was born. 
and, and we were, you know, my parents were living with people. Um, and so, I mean, I, I remember the days of um, going to a grocery store and, and on the weekends and getting samples. And that was kind of how we were being fed that day. And, and I remember people chasing us off because we came and got samples more than once and they didn't like that. And, and not really understanding uh, what it was like that the struggle was that we were going through. And, and even today, uh, it's really definitely helped me evolve because, you know, part of our business, uh, we, we have a program that we're trying to put in place for, for homeless people, because I believe that everybody is just an eviction sign away from being homeless. Mm. And, um, and so there's, there's, there's unfortunate stuff that can happen to us at any moment, at any time. And, um, and whenever something unfortunate does happen, there's not really anything that we can do to make it stop. The only thing that we really can do is think our way through it and move forward. And so, um, you know, I think that that was one of the things that I really, you know, from growing up with, you know, not having food and not having a home and then having a father that abused us. Uh, it was really uh, getting over that in my mid 20s and realizing that life goes on. And, and if you can think your way through the, the hardships, you can think your way through the problems. You, you can pretty much do anything. Yeah. So, so can, can I ask you, how old are you now? I am 33. You're 33. So, you know, what I'm, you know, you had that, you know, that challenging upbringing and your father, but, you know, what I'm hearing here and I know from the success in your, your business life, et cetera, is somebody who's extremely you know, articulate and, you know, well, clearly well, well versed in things. So, you know, how did you, how do you achieve that then from your mid twenties? you know, eight, eight years on, and do you seem to be, you know, accelerating away? And what was to be the impetus for that? Um, I, one of the things that I've done very well at is uh, teaching my daughter cause and effect, um, letting her know from a young age that everything that we do and everything that we think does have actions that ripple throughout our lifetime. And um, it was really just, you know, from the time I was a kid, I didn't think the world made sense. I, you know, I remember I was about eight or nine years old and I just did not understand why my parents would argue, uh, and, and hate each other and then tell each other they loved each other. And I didn't understand why people would go to these jobs and, um, and, and hate them and, and still go every day, even though they were complaining, not realizing that they had a choice. And what has really helped me overcome a lot and what has really helped me to raise my uh, daughter to be articulate and, and very bright and very sweet is realizing that we all have a choice and it's not just like a choice for a job or a choice for a spouse but our day is really just composed of uh, the words that we speak and the choices that we make and so yeah. Uh, the vocabulary that we use to define ourselves and the choices that we make to define ourselves is really what everybody sees on the outside. And it's a matter of just making choices, uh, focused decisions to achieve what it is that you want 
rather than uh, reacting to things that other people are doing and, and, and taking your choice away from you. Yeah, yes. It's, uh, it's, that's, that's quite a you know, significant and fundamental sort of statement. I think it really does, it, it is a distinction that makes a difference hugely between you know, success and, uh, and positive growth and a, a downward versus downward sort of spiral. I mean, I mean, did that message come from a particular time? Did you go on a course or something like that? Or did you read about this? Or where, where did that, you know, that nugget, which is clearly transforming what you're doing, where did that come, originate from? Uh, you know, I, I thought I was a very bright uh, child that just kind of saw the world differently and didn't understand why people were, were making the choices they were. And, um, and then I had a heart surgery about four years ago or so, which led to uh, what I call a near-life experience. And uh, the biggest thing that I learned from that near-life experience is that everybody should die at least once in their lifetime. Um, and because it really helps you gain a perspective on what we are and who we are. And that uh, whenever you do have an idea or whenever you do have the choice to change your life, just to make sure that you follow through and not give up. But I've, I've read a, a series of, uh, a, a culmination of books. I've read, uh, you know, I've, I grew up, uh, from the time I was a teenager on, you know, surfing YouTube. But to answer your question, I don't know. I don't know where this guy came from. And I think <laughs> about that all the time. Like one day I just kind of woke up speaking this way and I started writing tons of books and starting tons of companies and helping people without asking for anything in return. And, uh, and then it just kind of compiled into what I, what I live now. That's pretty cool. So you've written 20 books. Why, why have you written so many? I've uh, I've actually written about ninety, uh, but <laughs> but it but it takes it takes a lot longer to edit a book than it does to write it, and uh, and you know when I wrote my first book, I wanted to be called an author, and then after I got about ten down, I realized that I wasn't an author. I'm a creator, uh, a content creator. I my brain just keeps going with ideas and businesses, and and so. You know, that's the reason why we have the infrastructure we do is because if I have an idea, uh, then I can focus on that idea and build upon it and keep going and going and going. And, you know, I plan to write well over a thousand books before I pass on from this life. So, so these books very much really part of your creative process by you know, letting these thoughts flow out of you out and consolidate them. It, it, it gives you more ideas and inspiration maybe for your, your businesses is, is, is something as much about you than it is about sharing it with the world or is, is it a sort of personal process you go through or is it, is it, is it your legacy that you want to leave? I think it's a little bit of all of them. Um, that's the beautiful thing about our brain. If you think about somebody like Einstein, Einstein wasn't born a genius. Einstein taught himself how to think. And the beautiful thing about this world that we live in is we have access to every single piece of information that every single person has ever thought of or will think of. Uh, it's, that's the metaphysical side of what it is that I, that I talk about in my books and in, at our school. Um, it, belief and faith 
plays such a strong role in the life that we can create for ourselves. And so, you know, a lot of times whenever I write a book, I don't even realize what I wrote. I go back and I read it and I learn something because uh, mm. the, whenever I sit down to write, um, my first book took me nine months to write and it was 25,000 words. And now I can sit down in a weekend and write 50,000 words without, without breaking a sweat. And so uh, I think it just becomes this, uh, I, I utilize my brain just like we all can to become a channel for this source of energy that we have in everything around us. So you're very much kind of, you're, you're open to what's flowing through you and then you, you, you capture that. Uh, exactly. And, uh, and, and, and develop it. So it sounds like there's a, a lot of information flowing through you at the moment uh, to do that. I think you've, uh, 90 books is more than anybody else I've ever interviewed before. Um, so we've just got about a, about a minute and a half left before we go to commercial break. But in, in a very succinct way, can you explain what an app-based global accelerator is? Uh, that might have to wait till after the break to, to get a lot <laughs> down. Uh, but yeah, you know, we basically took our software firm and our investment firm and our, our knowledge and our, our owners that are involved in the company. And we really want to teach people how to be successful. Um, uh, teaching somebody how to make a business plan or teaching somebody the step-by-step to how to publish a book is not going to offer somebody as much, uh, as much value as actually putting that value in them and, and helping somebody to realize their potential and what it is that they can do for the world. Why are they here? What is their purpose? What can they teach other people? And, uh, and then helping them form their own businesses and their own infrastructure and creating industries out of people rather than, you know, having people work in industries that are waiting for them. So, you're, you're, so you've created something that's, uh, that is app-based but enables them to uh, create a business from it, does it, by sharing it and uh, uh, because, you know, in, in the system there, there are, um, you know, various revenues and things that people can benefit from is that yes and 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 basically teaching people to make revenue from themselves i think that that's what the basis of smarter living is is realizing that every single person is a billion dollar industry all by themselves brilliant well uh, after the break i'm going to see if you can explain the theory theory of relativity in 30 seconds (laughs) (laughs) but we'll talk about smarter living after the break not the theory of relativity i'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes (laughs) when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. 
We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Jason Criddle. We're talking about smarter living and uh, don't worry, I'm not going to ask him how to explain the theory of relativity in 30 seconds, but I'm going to ask him why he wrote Smart Living and what it's about. So what is it about, Jason? You know, I, I do this voice that my daughter loves. I call Steve the science guy. And so uh, so uh, I'll do it now. What what the theory of relativity means <laughs> is that is that a big thing can perceive time differently based on how fast they're traveling. And a small thing will perceive time differently based on how fast they're traveling. Look, that took me like 10 seconds. It didn't take long at all, man. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so smarter living, um, you know, so whenever I came out with the, the idea for this software, uh, the, the smarter app company, um, it was because we created this supplement called Smarter Pills, and we wanted to take uh, Smarter Pills and turn it into a multi-level marketing company. And I had been con- I had been consulting with multi-level marketing companies for quite some time because I am a very big fan of people being compensated uh, to promote a brand, but I'm not a very big fan of uh, the non-competes that they have to sign. I'm not a fan of the sales approach. I'm not a fan of forcing a person to buy makeup uh, in order to go out and sell makeup because I might have quite a network of people that I can sell makeup to and make some money off of it, but uh, I don't need to wear makeup myself. And so uh, we took all of the problems that I, I saw in the multi level marketing industry and we created this app based software. Um, and, and the reason, the main reason is, is because that, that software, when we wanted to create smarter pills, it was going to cost about a quarter million dollars for us to get the software built for it. And to me, that seemed pretty messed up because I thought to myself, well, what if I'm, you know, Joe Schmo entrepreneur and I have a brain supplement idea that I want to start, it shouldn't cost me a quarter million dollars to get my software built. Maybe there's an option out there for $100 a month so I can start this company. And there wasn't, so we created it. And through creating this software and allowing people to put their products or services on an app, it allowed me to, it really helped me to realize that everybody is a product or service. 
You know, I've written a lot of books. I believe everybody can write a lot of books. I speak to people for a living. I believe that everybody has an audience that's willing to listen. I believe everybody has a story to tell that's worth millions of dollars. I believe that whether somebody uh, does underwater basket weaving or they paint in their living room or they can teach a kid how to tie their shoes, then they can sell that as a product. And they have no competition out there because everybody has their own life. They've all learned their own lessons. They all have their own stories. They all have their own unique gifts. And there are people out there that are willing to buy those unique gifts of a person. And so that's what Smarter Living is about. That's what the Smarter App Company is about, is giving people the ability to realize that they don't have to work a job. They don't have to do a nine to five. They don't have to be stressed out every day. People can wake up in the morning and do whatever they want to do with their life. And they can make a significant living from doing it. Even if they're not interested in becoming a millionaire or anything, most people just need three to $5,000 a month in order to make a living. And so, um, you know, the smarter foundry that we have is really about teaching people how to be entre entrepreneurs and teaching those entrepreneurs how to create an industry out of themselves by utilizing the services and technology that there is around them and, and really believing in themselves so much so that other people will believe in them and buy them eventually. Uh, so you're, so you're, there's an element of education within this as well as some technology that maybe you know, enables, you know, say there was a, you know, say there's a Chris Cooper app uh, and within that I could create various products, maybe various books and PDFs. And then would you, there's some, is there some online teaching as well, how to maybe create that into a, a business? Sort of. Yeah. I mean, you could, get, content, you, could have, you could have, you know, Chris Cooper uh, has this beautiful podcast. And so, um, you know, you also said that you uh, did keynote speaking uh, on Mars this last weekend. You like flew to Mars, and no, you, it, was a, and it, was, it was a space center, space the space um, center. Oh, okay, okay. So you weren't Mars, on yeah. the International Space Station. Okay, so well, last, uh, time, last time I was there, the audience was quite small. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so you know, you might need sponsorships for your show. You might have books that you want to write. You might charge somebody $2,500 to do keynote speaking. You might charge somebody $150 to jump on Skype uh, to help them out, you know, consulting wise, teaching them how to buy or how to start their own, own successful podcast. These are all things that you can do that absolutely nobody can compete against you uh, for. So you take all this stuff, you put it on our software, and then uh, you share a little bit of your profits, 10, 20, 30 percent, however much you want. Uh, since everything is made up in digital and it's all by you, then it really doesn't matter how much of a percentage you share with people. And then people download your app. And when people really like it, they share your app with other people. They share a, a we, we call it a passcode. Uh, and the software is called Pass the App. And so they share a referral code with their friends and their friends order a podcast you know they they order a sponsorship they buy your consulting and then me 
as the person that went out and shared the app with my friends, I can make income uh, or a substantial living just sharing your app. And then if I decide that, man, you know, Chris is really cool. Oh, this app. I like this app. I like this product. I like this service. Maybe I can have an app for myself. Then I could very well have two or three or 10 apps on my phone that are all feeding me income. Wow. Sounds sounds fantastic. And uh, and therefore, you, and you've got a, a number of these already set up with people who are operating this system. Or is it fairly new? Uh, the, the system is, you know, the, the app company is just shy over a year old. The first product that we came out with was a very disgusting looking <laughs> the beta product it was a it was a marketplace app that we put out just to kind of prove the software and uh by sharing that software we, we were able to get a lot of people interested in using it and so we have you know between 30 to 40 apps on the market right now uh we have uh by the end of this year at least because it does take a little bit of time to get the app polished and get in the market we have at least a hundred in the pipeline, which will be out in the in the market by the end of the year. But my goal is by this time next year that the company will have completely blown up and we'll have at least 5,000 companies using our software. Very good indeed. So tell me a little bit about, you know, you talk in the book about some of the keys to smarter living. So you've got some principles that you, you know, that you believe are important today. Uh, to be successful in the in the present world, do you want to share one or two of those principles? Uh, one of the first principles, um, you know, I don't even know if this is in the book, but I'll give you uh, just a couple. Uh, one of the first ones is patience. Um, I think that people uh, in a day and age where we have shows that have people going and presenting in front of investors and getting checks for a million dollars and uh, and we have movies that kind of glorify how a social website was built uh, without showing the pain of the backstory that went along with what was happening I think people are are very impatient and I think that we have very high expectations for what's going on in the world around us without having those expectations of ourselves. And so um, I, I say, uh, I've said in a couple of books that, you know, I, I love working with people on the other side of the world because <clears throat> Americans uh, tend to expect a lot of, uh, of other people and offer very little uh, of themselves to the world. And then a lot of my associates that work with me they expect nothing and they offer everything. And so I think that people really have to uh, be patient and be realistic and, and be okay with the fact that, uh, you know, just because I come up with an idea for a business doesn't mean that I can go and sit down in front of an investor and get written a check for a million dollars. Maybe um, God or the universe or, whatever it is, that energy that we can feed from, maybe uh, that energy is going to put a whole lot of hardships in front of us to see if we really want what we say we want. 
And uh, a lot of people, you know, I, I say that a lot of people will tell, they'll say that they want a million dollars and their solution to gaining a million dollars is like winning the lottery. And uh, if somebody wins the lottery and they haven't learned how to be a millionaire, then they're just going to lose that money. Um, and so whenever somebody says to me that they, they just want to be a millionaire, I always ask them, what are you willing to give to the world to, in order to receive that million dollars? And if somebody doesn't have an answer for that, then they more than likely will never come across that amount of money because they're not willing to learn the lessons and they're not willing to give the value uh, that they would need in order to have that. Uh, persistence is another one. And I think the key to being persistent and reaching a goal is not giving a bit of crap about uh, what a person thinks about you. You know, mm -hmm. like just not caring at all if a person says no, not caring at all what somebody's opinions of you are uh, while you're on this journey. Because uh, part of being an entrepreneur is hearing the word no a lot. And you really have to learn how to deal with the fact that people are going to tell you no. And if you can deal with people telling you no, then whenever somebody says yes, it makes it that much sweeter. And, and it will also teach you to rely on yourself and to re rely on your belief and rely on that vision that you have and rely on your faith that it will come true regardless of what people around you think or say. I think that's absolutely great advice. And I, you know, myself, I, I, I wrote my first set of, um, I say goals, but intentions for what life might be like when I was 40. And I, I wrote a statement about what life might be like when I was 40. And at 28, it was so unrealistic. Um, but incredibly, on my 40th birthday, I stood there, you know, at the house, outside the house that I dreamed of, with the wife I dreamed of, with the, the child I dreamed of. And various other things, financial freedom and my own business. And, um, you know, it took time, but it came true. So at 40, I rewrote those intentions again. And within sort of eight years, I had things like being a published author and I wanted to add value to over a million people beyond my customer base and do this show. You know, we've well, well exceeded that and the book's been published and seemed ridiculous. But, you know, I've kind of done it over a, a time period and given myself the time. I think one of the things I found really I found really helpful was a statement that it was a quote I just read it was a Tony Robbins quote and he said that people significantly overestimate what they can achieve in a year but they significantly underestimate what they can achieve in 10 and you know I wonder if that kind of you know plays to what you're saying there about actually having some patience and persistence but having having a belief and and and, and knowing it will come eventually but um it may not come in the quite in the time scales you imagine I I like that I like that quote a lot because um, you know, I would say like every month uh, I have these big gigantic post-it notes that you can peel off and stick on the wall. And I would say like just about every month I, I write down my goals for the month. And sometimes I put some pretty audacious goals on there. But the point is to go after them. And so even if you write down a goal that is completely unachievable in 30 days, what you will learn by trying to go after that goal will it will build value in you it will change your personality it will change 
the way you think about things. And, and even if you only reach 10% of your goal, you're 10% closer. And yeah, there's some goals that take 10 years to reach. Uh, but the big thing is persistence. Just don't give up, no matter how long you think something might take. I like that. I like the idea of every month writing down, writing down uh, challenging goals for the month. You know, maybe they're you know, some of them audacious, but some realism in there because you're right. You, you, if you're ten percent further forward, you know, you are you are moving forward in the right direction, aren't you? Um, yeah. So that's a really, exactly. really good idea to do that. Do that regularly and do it every month. Um, I, I do it in like a, a board report every month. Um, but I think um, I shall, you know, I shall be a little bit more ambitious actually from this conversation. That was really helpful for me too. So thank you, thank you for that. Um, so we've got we've got just a couple of minutes until we go to uh, to uh, commercial break. Um, I, I know one of the things that you talk a lot about is sort of manifestation and uh, you know and just sort of reminding yourself uh, and, and having little mantras that remind you of where you're heading. Uh, affirmations um is, is that very much a part of your daily monthly living uh yes and no i i think that the world gives us affirmations you know like um you know a tiger doesn't wake up in the morning and you know and blow his nose and and uh and and brush his teeth and stretch and do yoga and meditate and then say i will catch a giraffe today i will catch a giraffe today I will catch it. They just wake up and they're a tiger and they use every single bit of their DNA to be a tiger. And I think that that's where the affirmations come in. It's not necessarily repeating something in your head over and over and over again. It's performing the actions that affirm that reality around you. And so yes. it, it really has a lot less to do with what we say and it has to do with what we are and what we choose to be. And, and if we want to be a tiger, we really just have to choose to be a tiger every single day. And every single moment where we're up against a wall where there's a choice of doing and a choice of not doing, then we have to make the choice to be the tiger. I, I like that. Yeah, I, I talk about um, you know, big cats know how to act in one of my speeches. So, uh, and... Um, you know, you're absolutely right about that. Getting into action is really important. You, you can think about things, can't you? And you can recite things. But if you're not acting, then um, not a lot's going to come back, is it? It's cause and effect. Exactly. Exactly. You have to do. You just have to do. You have to be. That's the only way that you're ever going to achieve what you're trying to achieve. Fantastic. So we're going to go to commercial break. Um, after the commercial break, we'll explore a few more uh, of the um, elements of uh, smarter living. And uh, therefore, we'll be back with you again in just a, a couple of minutes. So do stay with us. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. 
We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading Conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I was, I was talking in the break with Jason and I was just sharing with him that a few weeks ago in Kenya, I'd been watching lions uh, stalking giraffe because he was talking about tiger stalking giraffe. And I, I actually use a, a bit of a sort of analogy when I'm talking about my book, um, Power to Get Things Done, whether you feel like it or not, about, you know, if there was a tiger or a lion standing there, how quick it would, would if it had the intention of eating me, how quickly it would move between where it is uh, to being on top of me and it wouldn't procrastinate or think about it for a bit it would it would do it quickly and uh, get on with it and, and and big cats when I talk to people on this show you know they really do know how to act and get into action like you know Jason clearly is at age 33 with what he's achieved but Jason you were sharing something there about you know what the thought you had when you saw on the tv a you know a lion jump on a on a giraffe do you want us to share that because it, I think it's quite you know, thought-provoking. Yeah, as I was saying, um, it, it was really it was really a, a paradigm shift. I saw this YouTube video of a a giraffe walking past some bushes, and then there was a tiger crouched down in the bushes. The giraffe had no idea, and and this tiger just came out of nowhere. He jumped onto the giraffe's back. He climbed all the way up his neck. He wrapped his arms. And, and hind legs around the giraffe and he pulled, you know, bit into his neck and pulled him to the ground. And, and then as soon as that happened, all these little cubs, you know, came out and, and started feeding on the giraffe. And, and the giraffe, uh, the, the tiger, I mean, just does not think. The tiger doesn't think to themselves that, well, you know, I didn't catch this giraffe today, but usually on Tuesdays at about three o'clock, a giraffe will come by. And so I'll just go and feel sorry for myself for not catching this giraffe. And I'll go sit under the tree and write poetry for the rest of the day. And, and that's not really how a tiger thinks or a giraffe or a squirrel or a dog or anything on this planet except a human being. And, and I think that it's really, Really funny that we call ourselves human beings, but like because I really think that we are humans doing a whole bunch of worthless crap most of the time. Uh, but if we were actually using 100% of our DNA, 
even a fruit fly uses 100% of their DNA to be a fruit fly every day. But we use very little of our capabilities. We use very little of our blood and our energy and our heart and our emotions to catch a giraffe. Um, because the, the giraffe that we catch today could be the very last giraffe that we catch. It could be the, op the last opportunity that we ever have before a heart surgery knocks us out of this planet or before a bus runs over us. And, and, um, and it's really just kind of taking every single breath as if that breath is life or death and taking every single moment and opportunity and treating as, as such, as if it could be life or death. Mm, very, um, very, very thought-provoking. It really is. Um, although, just to just point out to people, I think we probably do realise that there, are, um, but there, aren't, there aren't any tigers in Africa, I don't think, where the giraffes live. So I think it probably was a lion, I suspect, before people write in. <laughs> yeah, you know, it could it could have been a lion. You know, it was it like just it was analogy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> could have been absolutely yeah a few thousand <laughs> years ago may, could well have been so and uh, one of the things you also mentioned in the smarter living is that you should um that you should build assets do you want to talk a little bit about building assets yes building assets um uh you know if somebody asked me why did why on earth did you write 20 books do you really like to write books uh no, uh, not as much as I really like assets. So it's, uh, I guess it's yes and no. I'm a content creator and I like to put, I like to put uh, content out. But a book is like a rental property that you don't have to fix an air conditioner whenever it breaks. Um, you put that book out, you, you get that piece of content out of your head, you put that book out. And it, and it goes on the open market. Now, just because you write a book and put it out there doesn't necessarily mean that people are going to buy it. Uh, getting people to buy the book is, uh, it happens from doing things in your life that bring attention to the book. Um, and so I believe that that's what an asset is. Most people, you know, um, spend their entire lives exchanging their time and energy for money. And I, I exchange my time and energy for assets. And so rather than thinking to yourself like, uh, oh, I can do this for $10 an hour or $20 an hour, then uh, why don't you think about the amount of time that you can spend building something that will eventually require none of your time anymore? Yeah. And, and that's what an asset is. An asset could be a book. An asset can be a startup company. An asset can be a CD or a DVD or a podcast or um, any number of things. It's just really a matter of uh, realizing that the only way that you are going to be able to live smarter, the only way that you are going to be able to achieve the time and freedom that you want is to have assets, have uh, things have tangible items and services out there that are making money for you that do not involve your time whatsoever. Great idea. So uh, providing recurrable income uh, on a sort of ongoing basis, ideally, um, which you're not working, as you say, time for money. And 
it's all those hours where you're fast asleep as well. If you can be earning money while you're asleep, that's got to be pretty, pretty helpful too, hasn't it? Yes. Or, you know, sitting on your couch on a pot, you know, on a podcast. Uh, you know, I, I, that's one of the cool things about um, having the life uh, that I have built and having the infrastructure and the people that I built is I would like to think I've made a little bit of income in the time that we've been doing this interview and I have been doing nothing except talking to you. Yeah, great. Um, so, you know, you're a young guy. What do people really need to know about millennials, do you think? How should they, you know, how should they behave towards them? What's the, what's the attitude today of being a, a millennial <laughs> in, you know, in terms of people understanding them and maybe selling products and services to them? Have you got any thoughts? What's, what's different about yes. your generation? Uh, millennials are not lazy. We are creative. And so, you know, uh, my mom is about to retire because of me. And so she probably thinks to herself, like, man, I shouldn't have called him lazy all those years. Because, <laughs> because her generation and her parents' generation, you know, the building that I'm living in, it was renovated a few years ago, but it's over 100 years old. And, and my parents and her parents built it. And our parents built um, they built the roads that we drive on and they built the cars. They built the cars that we drive in and they built the buildings that we go to sleep in every night. And millennials do the exact same thing. We just don't do it from nine to five. And we don't have to necessarily uh, do it with brick and mortar. Uh, we can do it on our cell phones and on our laptops. And, and just because, you know, just because I don't, dress up in a suit or dress up in a construction hat and go somewhere and sweat my ass off for 12 hours a day uh, doesn't mean that I am uh, any less gifted or less, uh, less able or less capable than uh, our older generational counterparts. Um, the simple fact that I have learned to do what it is that I do without having to spend that time and that energy uh, it, it, it sets us apart. And I'm a millennial, and most of the students that come through the foundry, most of the entrepreneurs and the startups they work with, they're younger than me. They're, they're the information generation. And, and if somebody wants to call me lazy, <laughs> then they should look at the typical 20-year-old. Uh, and, and, and it's not necessarily that a 20-year-old is lazy. It's just that there's these expectations of, you know, they didn't grow up in the days of VHS tapes and rewinding them before you take them back. And then I didn't grow up in the day and age of having two channels on TV with nothing. Everything comes at people so fast now that they just expect everything to happen as fast as their cell phone. Like somebody presses a button on their phone and there's like this two second delay and in that two seconds, they're ready to throw their phone out the window. You know, oh, it's, uh, oh, okay, it's working now. So that's where the patience comes in. And, and understanding, you know, especially I did a show a few months ago. It was called Bridging the Gap Between Baby Boomers and Millennials. And it was really just the premise of the show or what I finally got down to is realizing that we are not baby boomers and millennials. We are parents and children who have not learned how to communicate with each other yet. And so um, I think 
you know, the biggest thing is we just, we all communicate differently. We have different beliefs. We grew up in a different society with, with different infrastructure, with different uh, technology, with different things around us. And, and we all have to have each other to make this world go round. We need every generation in order to create the world that we're living right now. So it's just having an appreciation of people who are not like you and, and being able to use their strengths where you might have weaknesses. Mm. And how, how, do they, how do millennials feel about having people who are maybe 60, 70 year old, years old, old uh, leading them and leading their country? Do they care about it? I believe so. I, I believe, you know, like I said, it's just, it's two different mindsets and it really just comes to appreciating, uh, appreciating the diversity in the thinking, appreciating the diversity in the ethics and the, the morals and the actions that we take every day. You know, a lot of the people that work in my organization are significantly older than me. And so even though I might be an entrepreneur and I might build assets and I might not believe in nine to five, that doesn't mean that I don't need people that believe in nine to five, because there could be people out there that I need from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. in order to help my organization grow. Mm. And so we just have to have a common understanding that we, we both need each other. I can't be me without them and they can't be them without me. So do you have any sort of final thoughts and messages that you'd like to leave us with today? Yeah. Um, you know, the, I guess, you know, a, a key to living smarter is just living, uh, doing what you wanted to do. Our, you know, you have a six-year-old, I have a six-year-old. One of my favorite things that my daughter does is she like does this sideways gallop with her cheeks puffed out and her hands above her head. And that's like, <laughs> that's like her, the quickest <laughs> way for her to travel is this like, <laughs> like running sideways thing with, you know, these big balloon cheeks and holding her hands up. And she just doesn't care. Like she, she's so sweet and so beautiful and so compassionate and so forgiving and so loving. And she just absolutely does not care that anybody at all would think about how it is that she's traveling from A to B. And so I think that we all need to do that. We need to bring out the, the child in us. We need to bring out the creativity in us. We need to realize that, you know, um, just because I'm crying in my car on the way home doesn't mean that the entire world is staring at me. And if the <laughs> entire world, and if somebody is staring at you, who cares? You know, live through, go through the struggle, uh, go through the problems. Don't try and run away from things that seem like uh, pain or a struggle in the moment because the, the pain that you're feeling and the raw emotion and the struggle is the universe trying to teach you something. And so if you can learn something from it rather than popping a pill or drinking a drink or taking a drug, or doing something to try and take your mind off of it. Don't don't take your mind off of it. Get your mind in it so that you don't ever have to go through that situation again. Great words. And and how often does you know, some of the, your greatest wisdom and greatest gift that you can offer the world come 
come from a you know a period that seemed like adversity at the time you know you seem to learn more don't you on those dips that you can then leverage and use for for smarter living going forward that's what it's all about you know uh i i heard this story just real quick i heard this story or this little thing it said who would do better on earth uh who would be the better entrepreneur a person that just spent a hundred years in hell or a person that spent a hundred years in heaven and the person that spent a hundred years in hell would dominate the world and, and, and become one of the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet because the person that spent a hundred years in heaven and had everything handed to them, they would have so many expectations, they would be bored, they, they would think that this life sucked as opposed to the person who spent a hundred years in hell, they would think that this life is heaven. I think that's a wonderful space to leave the show look i've absolutely loved interviewing you today jason i think you and i'm going to watch you watch your career with uh, with real interest over the next few years you're clearly out there you're making a huge contribution and you've uh, you know got some great principles uh for for living living smarter and uh yeah really looking forward to seeing how you how things progress with the smarter app and apps and that sort of thing so um thanks so much for being on the show i hope you've enjoyed it I did. I hope to be on another one, Chris. Yeah, let's um, let's make that happen at some point in the future. And um, to find out more about Jason, you can go to jasoncriddle.com. Any other sites you want to refer people to, Jason? You know, now if people want to get a hold of me, they can go to the iOS store, or they can go to the Google Play store, and they can just look up the Jason app. So if somebody wants to get in touch with me or they want me to come work with them or anything like that, just look for the Jason app and they'll be able to get me. Uh, excellent. So look for the Jason app. So wonderful, wonderful to speak to you. And um, we're going to move away from Dallas now. Um, next week uh, is Thanksgiving. So um, I think this, the studio is closed. So we'll be repeating uh, a favorite show that week. And then the following week, uh, we have got Mark Amarigo. Uh, Mark's a fascinating guy. He's uh, somebody who's um, out there. There's a, a problem with a nuclear reactor or there's a, a helicopter falls out of the sky and they can't work out the problem. Mark is there with his team um, sorting um, out solutions in the chaos and the confusion. He's also somebody who has um, uh, resulted his work in two world records, the fastest ever um, bicycle and the fastest snowboard um, uh, land speed record. So um, join us in a couple of weeks for Mark Amarigo. I wish you all a great Thanksgiving next week. And once again, a huge thank you to Jason Criddle for being on the show. Thanks, Chris. We thank you for listening to the Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Thanks again for listening to the preceding.